Good morning, Thursday the 11th. Got some really good picks today, but let's go over the bad news from yesterday. As you may already know, I will gloss over the winning days. I'll do a little pat on the back, but I don't want to pull my arm out of its socket. Mostly gloss it over because you're never as good as the good days. But you're not as good as the bad days, or not as bad as the bad days either. So, but anyway, let's talk about those and what went wrong and what could have gone better. Again, we can't pick up the bat or the ball or the glove. We looked good with uh, Tampa Bay getting the one and a half. Seemed like, boy, that's that's a crystal ball action there, getting the one and a half and getting the win when you lose by one. Mets steamrolled. So that's part of our parlay. We're looking good. White Sox were leading three to one, and they were down four to three very late in the game. Sure looks like that plus one and a half looks good until the Royals exploded, giving me that kryptonite of the White Sox again. Houston, that was the weak link, believe it or not. That was the strongest play of the day as far as just simply winning, not necessarily odds, but winning the game. Verlander on the mound, but yet he had his worst outing in two months. And yet they're in the game, but making you sweat. And they blew it in extra innings, giving up five. So screw them, as you say. That was a two-unit parlay there. I don't, do not enjoy losing two-unit plays. I don't lose a lot of them, but that one didn't feel good. What do we got today? Let's move on to the better news. Better news. Miami and Philadelphia. Philadelphia is the play. The under was the play until the line moved against me, meaning in the direction I want. I want the under in this game, and the line moved under by half a point, taking the win into a tie for that one-point scenario. And I don't want that. But I do like Philadelphia in the same game, partly with under 12 and a half. It's minus 115. The value on this is pretty good. I have a 60% chance. I'm, I'm rounding down at all times to an even number. 60% chance, just to give margin of the air, you know. So 60% chance is bet winning both Philadelphia to win and under 12 and a half. The value of that's minus 150. We're getting minus 115, 35 points of value. I'll take it. This is more... It's a veteran pitcher in Gibson, just, well, veteran to arguable against Cabrera. He's definitely a veteran. Cabrera's limited outings have been positive, though. However, they're on the road, losing team on the road to a winning team at home, and Philadelphia is just hot. Really, you're betting on the team here as much as the pitcher. You always have to look at starting pitchers in baseball much more than any, you know, that's, you could argue quarterback in football, obviously. Uh, that's about it, you know, quarterback in football, starting pitcher in baseball. Even goalie in hockey is not as important as a starting pitcher. But in any event, Philadelphia and under 12 and a half. The next game is the White Sox and under 12 and a half. Same scenario. We're paying a little bit more. We're paying minus 120. And I still think it's a 60% chance of winning. So 30 points in value. Why the White Sox? Well, Dylan Cease. Yeah, White Sox are my kryptonite. But I have to favor Dylan Cease here. Now, he's going against Zach Greinke, who this is not Zach Greinke from, you know, a million years ago. He's been around forever. Zach Greinke's always been better home. He's got anxiety issues, and I know his medication is probably quite better than it was when he first started out. But he always gets to be pretty decent at home. 
and pretty poor on the road. And that's just becoming more and more of the case as he gets older. But um, he's got good numbers at home, so you can't just lock in anything. You can't just take Dylan Cease at minus 180. That's ridiculous. You get him under 12 and a half, and you should be looking at the under here. As a matter of fact, the line's moved an entire point. I like the under in this one as well, under eight and a half. At some point, I'm just going to start pulling the trigger a little early on these. But I missed out because it was under eight and a half. Now it's under seven, eight, under seven and a half. So now you're not just getting a push on eight. You're losing on eight if it goes to eight. So no thanks, but Chicago and under 12 and a half, absolutely. Next one's Arizona. We're going on a team that's actually not horrible right now, and they're winning at home in Arizona against a Pittsburgh team, which is horrible, although they show occasional signs of life. The young guys pull it together. But they're 21-37 on the road. JT Brubaker should have been better than he is this year. I don't. It's too late for him to, to really reasonably expect for him to perform up to expectations. Merrill Kelly is putting together quite a season. I really like the under and the over here for an adjusted number. The odds makers, the odds, the, the line hasn't moved. It's eight. There's no direction either way. And I'm finding the same problem. There's a very high possibility it's over four and a half, and it's a very high possibility it's under 12 and a half. Ultimately, I decided to stop wasting time on which one I liked a little bit more than the other and said, I'm just going to take them both. So I'm going to split the bet Arizona and over four and a half. Also, Arizona under 12 and a half. Yeah, there's a possibility it's only up to four or over, over 12, 13 or more, and then you only win one. But then you lose a very, very tiny amount because you're paying minus 120 on both of those bets. So Literally, both of them are minus 120. So you lose a very small amount, whereas if you decide to, you know, let's just get one of them. Flip a coin and take one of them. Well, now you're risking losing the whole bet. And there's an extremely high possibility that it goes between that. As a matter of fact, it only knocked off five points. I think there's a 55% chance that all three legs come in, meaning Arizona wins. You get better than five, but less than 13. Or better than four, but less than 13, I should say. Over four and a half, under 12 and a half. 55% chance. There's good value there. Not a ton, but it's still there. All right, and then we move on to the final bets, which are parlays. I'm going to do, I'm going to jump back into the water with Houston here. They should come out fired up to beat their in-state rival, Houston and Texas here. I'm going to take Houston and the White Sox, plus 108, plus 108. Now, I think there's only a 55% chance of both of them winning, but I'm getting plus money. Uh, true value on this if you trust my numbers, of course, is minus 122. If you don't trust my numbers, then you're just looking at the lines that the books make, in which point there's never an advantage. The whole point of handicapping sports is where is the line weak, where is there an advantage? Otherwise, it's just throwing darts at the board. So I think while I wouldn't take Houston minus 300, and I wouldn't take Chicago at minus 180, the White Sox, because they're on the road at, at Zach Greinke and a KC team that's not given up on the year. I wouldn't pay that in either one. But if I can put them together, now again, I want to clarify. It doesn't mean I don't think there's not value there. I think, okay, Houston has a minus 300 odds. 
That means the odds makers, the books, the so-called experts think there's a three-fourths or 75% chance that they win the game. I think it's higher than that. The odds makers have White Sox at minus 180. They think it's close to a two-to-one favorite that they win the game. I think it's right around two-to-one, so I'm 20 points better than their minus 180. Two-to-one is minus 200. So there's value in both, but I'm not paying that. I will not pay that. And to put them both together and make them both win is 55%. So you're just barely over 50%, but you're getting plus money. So what's a play? Well, here's one that'll really blow your mind. And I've talked about this before. I'm not a huge guy to do this a lot, but I'm doing it today. I'm taking a bet that has under 50% chance of fruition to victory, but enough payout to make it worth my time. Arizona to win and Philadelphia to win. 45% chance of that winning in my book, meaning both have to win, only 45% chance. 55% chance this bet doesn't win. You should get paid plus 122 on that for your risk. We're getting paid about 150, plus 150. That's value and I'm taking it. Now again, you don't see it often because again, on any given day, you're flipping a coin in this scenario when you never flip a coin in sports, by the way. I'm just saying when you analyze the sports and you yourself assign it and say, I have a 45% chance of winning this bet, why would you play it? Well, because of the long-term benefits of doing that, and I'm not going to go into much detail on this, but yes, I'll agree with you that if you have an unfair coin where there's one chance, one side is 55 and one has 45, you better take the 55. You've taken the 45, that's insane. But you're not actually betting on who gets the ball first in football or something. You're getting a bet that says, you, yeah, I'll give you the... You have to take the plus the, the plus 45. I get the 55. But if you win, I'll give you a buck and a half on a buck. You play that 100 times, you're winning 45 out of 100. So he's, the other side's winning 10 more than you, 55. But you're getting paid 3 to 2. You're getting paid blackjack. <laughs> 3 to 2 odds. And if you can win, if you're at the blackjack table and you can win 45 out of 100 hands, get paid three to two on every one of those 45 hands, you better never stop playing. Yes, this is only one shot, though. So do what you will with it. That's the plays. Good luck.